Specifically, the My Little Pony comics. And joining me today is Bobby Kerno um, over at IDW. Hey, Bobby, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Teresa. No problem. Um, so, tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at IDW. Uh, sure. Uh, I am an editor at IDW. I've been there for a little over five years now. Um, Basically, what an editor does is a, is a, like a project manager, uh, sort of like a producer on a film. If, if you're familiar with the film world, uh, we assemble the talent and we make sure the book is on budget and on time and uh, give story notes and basically just kind of shepherd the book uh, from, from the beginning to all the way to print. Okay, well, awesome. So tell me a little bit about the partnership between Hasbro and IDW and how My Little Pony came about for you guys. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary of, uh, of working with Hasbro, uh, and IDW is only about 12 years old at this point. Um, so there's a, there's a long relationship between the two companies that, that predates me. Uh, we've done G.I. Joe comics and Transformer comics for a long time. Um, so we just have a, we have a very close working relationship with them, uh, and obviously My Little Pony exploded into into a pretty big deal, uh, and so uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not actually sure who who went to who first, whether we went to them first or vice versa, but uh, eventually it got in everyone's heads that it might be an interesting thing to experiment with to try and do My Little Pony comics. Um, no one had any clue that it was going to be as big as it as it was. Uh, so that was a very pleasant surprise on our end. Yeah, because it, you know, the show came out in 2010, and the first issue of comics, so late, the show started in October 2010, and the first issue of the comics came out in November 2012, correct? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, what are all the lines of the comics that you have? I mean... I know personally that of two, um, but I feel like there might have been a third one that just started recently that I might be missing. Uh, for the pony comics, yes, yeah, um, sure. We've got the we've got the main ongoing series, which uh, we're working on issue thirty now. Um, I think uh, issue twenty eight still has yet to hit stand, so we're we're a few years into that. Uh, then we had the micro series, which were basically one single character spotlights, and that kind of morphed into uh, the current second series, which is Friends Forever, which is sort of a team up book where uh, where two different ponies or characters uh, kind of have a little single uh, self contained adventure for an issue. Um, and then we've done we've done other uh, various things on the side besides that. We've done two Equestria Girl specials. Uh, we've done a Power Pony special. Um, so we've we've done little other different things here and there too. Okay, um, and I think there's one coming out that I saw or I read about that was Adventures in Friendship, maybe? Uh, that's a collection. Uh, okay. 
collection of different uh, Friends Forever uh, stories, I think, at a, at a lower price point. Um, I'm not in the reprint department, so I, I'm never sure quite what themes they have going over there. But uh, that is a reprint book, so no no new material there. Okay. Um, well, The Friendship is Magic, which is the main line. As you said, you guys are working on issue 30, and I believe issue 28 is coming out maybe next week. Um Tell me a little bit about the team that does those, because it seems like there's certain writers, certain artists, and certain colorists that work on each line from what I've seen just reading through them. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the team? Sure. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a revolving team, uh, but we've got, uh, we're still introducing new people here and there, but uh, it, it's a pretty set team of, of, of about, I'd say, five or six different writers and five or six different artists. Um, Pretty much uh, all of them are colored by the same person, uh, Heather Breckel, uh, except one of the artists, uh, Agnes Garbowska, does her own colors. Um, but uh, we, we started off with Katie Cook and Andy Price. They did the first uh, story arc, The Return of Chris Alice, uh, in the comics. And then we've had a, a bunch of different other uh, teams. We've had uh, Heather Newfer and Amy Memberson. Um, Brenda Hickey has done a lot of the art. Uh, uh, Tony Fleece, um, I'm forgetting some other people. Jay Fosgett has, has done some art. Um, I said Agnes already. And on the writing side, we've got uh, other writers like Jeremy Whitley, uh, Ted Anderson. Um, I mentioned Heather Newfer, um, uh, Christina Rice, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting a couple other people. Tom Zaylor, um, uh, uh, Barbara Kessel. Um, so there, there, it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good little family we've got going here now. Yeah, and I've had the luxury of meeting um, Katie um, and Amy Meverson at conventions. Um, and then Tom is actually, um, I guess, the fiancé of one of my very good friends. So it's it's pretty awesome, and I love all of them. I think they're so great. And one of the things that I've always wondered is with them being drawn by different people and the stories being written by different people, how do you guys keep the consistency with the look of the ponies? Cause they never really look that much different from each other. You can tell a little bit, but it's not anything drastic. Yeah. Um, you know, every, every, all the artists have their, have their different styles. And if you put them page by page, you know, I can, I can tell <laughs> yeah. I can, who is who just cause I'm looking at this stuff all day long. But, um, uh, you know, I think everyone kind of has their own strengths and weaknesses, but um, to your to your exact question, uh, everything has to be on model to a degree, um, and so often, uh, and everything goes gets it has to be approved by Hasbro. So that means story proposals, scripts, um, uh, covers, uh, pencils, inks, colors, final product, final put together uh, comics. Um, so uh, usually, when an artist starts is brand new uh they'll send some samples over or maybe a cover uh and that'll get uh a fair amount of hasbro notes they'll say hey look the the head needs to be a little bit bigger the eyes are too close together the the hooves are are too uh too round um so there'll be there'll be a, a good degree of notes that uh will kind of help the artist get on model a bit uh and then the artist will do another series of samples or revisions to their original samples um, kind of getting them in the wheelhouse. Um, in Hasbro's credit, there's some licensors who are really are really tyrants about this kind of stuff and demand that you just keep on doing it until it looks exactly like how you know, the TV show or the movie or whatever you're working with 
uh, looks like. But Hasbro is really great. They they understand the comics medium and they trust us uh, to do a good job with them. Uh, so they they allow the artists to have their own style and have some fun and embrace the comic book medium. So they're they're pretty good partners in that regard. That's really great. Yeah, I um, I worked a lot with Dark Horse because I did all of cover. Well, I still do. Well, now I'm with Marvel, but I cover all of the Star Wars comics. And so that's something that we used to talk with them about, you know, and them having submit stuff to Lucasfilm and things like that. So I'm very familiar with that. So it's good to hear that Hasbro is kind of, you know, maybe a little bit less controlling on that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about how covers in at least the IDW comics world works, because I don't know if you pay any attention to Star Wars comics, but for Marvel Star Wars number one that just came out, we had, I don't know, 30 plus something covers. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I know that as a comic collector, especially with the Pony comics, those are the only ones I actually try to get all of the covers. Um, you know, sometimes it can be a hassle trying to get them and not necessarily just the, you know, the store exclusive ones, but, you know, the, subscri- the subscriber cover and the retailer incentive cover and how do you guys go about i don't know that whole cover thing uh usually uh I, idw in general has does a fair amount of covers um usually on a, we've got at least two per book any book that we have um a main cover and then a sort of uh incentive cover of some sort or or a subscription cover um and th- for our larger books, we tend to put in uh, a third cover uh, by default, uh, a B cover or maybe be a subscription cover and an incentive cover in addition to the main cover. Uh, and then from then, it kind of just depends on, on demand, on whether um, there's a convention that we're making a cover for or a convention that is commissioning a cover from us or, uh, or a retailer who wants their own exclusive cover. Um, and there was a whole bunch of those at the start uh, for for the first year uh, going into um, you know we're still doing hot topic covers here on issue thirty um, and you know we had we had upwards of, of over five covers well after our first year uh, which is the first time I've ever heard of that being the case um, so it's it's really so that means that it that there's a long a long tail of it a lot of times you'll see a lot of number one covers uh, covers with a number one issue. Like say Star Wars number one, um, but usually that pretty well trickles out after four or five issues. Um, so it's pretty impressive that, uh, to me at least, that uh, that we had so many covers for so long. And God bless you for trying to collect them all. That's a that's a difficult endeavor. <laughs> well, I I kind of decided I wasn't going to try and get like Jetpack and you know all the other kind of those store covers really. So I've limited myself to subscriber. B covers and like RI covers. Um, But if you have a subscription at a comic book store, which is great, they save them all for you. It makes it not as difficult sometimes. Um, But it's hard if you're going back, like if you've skipped a few and you're having to go backwards. Um, That's not very much fun. Um, So tell me a little bit. There's two specific covers I'm kind of curious about. Um, There was the San Diego Comic-Con. I forget what year it was, but it was the Beatles Abbey Road cover. Um, how did that one come about? Um, yeah, I feel like that was just an idea uh, internally in the com- company. I could be wrong about this, but if I recall, um, someone, someone we wanted to use the the visage of the Comic Con Convention Center um, 
in the background. And I think someone was just a Beatles fan in the office and said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if they were, were they kind of crossing the street like Abbey Road? Um, so I not, not too interesting of a story, but I think that was just an internal idea. It didn't come from me. It came from someone else, I believe. It's still cool, though. I'm a huge Beatles fan, so I loved it, and I had to get it. And then there was the one that was just at this past New York Comic Con, where we've got Pinky in an Optimus Prime costume, and I just about fell on the floor. I was at the panel for um, ponies and stuff when they announced Jim and everything, and they talked about you know Transformers pony crossovers and stuff, and then there was that cover. Um, do is there any possibility we might ever see any kind of a mashup? Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, never say never. Uh, that was a very popular uh, cover, and and we hear about we hear those kind of requests all the time. So um, it, it's something we've thought about, and so it's it's a possibility. It's helpful that we have the license to both. They're both in house with Hasbro, so um, you know, I think that's more likely than some than a, I don't know, say a ponies. Um, now Godzilla crossover or Spider-Man <laughs> crossover. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, no, I just think it would be really neat. Yeah. Um, so as far as the stories that we get in the comics, um, when they first started, you know, from what I've read and obviously read through the comics, that the stories were kind of coming after season two. So how do the stories sort of fit into the show? Um, because, you know, there's a lot of debate out there about whether comics are canon, if you will. Um as with the you know the storyline that we see on TV, so how does that kind of work? Sure, um, yeah, no, that that question has been going around a lot just this past week. Um, what we try and do is we try and make the comics fit in with the show as best as we can. Um, of course, we want to embrace the medium, and and if we have a fun story that kind of goes outside the bounds, uh, we'll pursue that. Um, but in general, we we take the parameters that are set by. Uh, by the show, um, the characters that are, are in the show, and we basically work with that. Um, so we try and we try and fit in with the show's canon as best as we can. And if we do something that's that's crazy, way off bounds, Hasbro will will let us know that. Um, and and you know, so we've had stories rejected, and we've had characters rejected at different times. Um, although they're pretty few and far between. Um, in terms of, of whether the, the comics are strictly canon, uh, that's really up to the show to decide. I don't think the show would uh, would do anything that they didn't want to because the comics contradicted it. So I think if they had a storyline that contradicts one of our stories, I think that they they would go ahead with their story. And that's their right. They're the first, the first uh, sort of where the stories are coming from, where the world's coming from. Um, they're the, the biggest... Uh, part of the market share where the most money is coming from. So they should get to do, uh, they come first, you know, so they should get to do what they want. Um, so um, I don't know if that answers your question or not. So, I, you know, whether whether something is strictly canon or not, uh, I guess it kind of depends on the on the beholder. It, it, be, it depends on the show, what the show wants to do. If the show wants to incorporate something from the comics, they are, they are welcome to. Uh, they don't even have to consult us. They can just kind of do it. Um, so it's it all kind of depends on the show. Uh, I'd say the show is the is the primary universe, and uh, what we contribute is to them is, is up to them. No, I mean that answers it perfectly. Um, you know, I mean I, I keep mentioning Star Wars, but those are the other comics that I read. Um, you know, it was very clear um, at a certain point that all of the comics were 
you know, had, they were, the stories were just there and they didn't really exist in the world of Star Wars. And so, um, so it's kind of, I just like kind of hearing about different, different franchises, you know, and how that kind of works. Um, so do the, does the team that works on ID, works at IDW, do they watch the show at all? to kind of get inspiration from the show or anything? The creative teams? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All all of the all of the artists and, and writers are are very familiar with the show. Um, occasionally when a new writer comes a new uh, artist comes on, they'll maybe not be as familiar, have maybe not seen all of the episodes. Um, but usually they tend to catch up pretty quick. Um, it helps that it's an enjoyable, fun show to watch, so it's not really a chore. Um, yeah. Sometimes you can be, oh, I've got four seasons of the show to watch with a chore. Uh, but, you know, My Little Pony goes down pretty easy. Um, so it's pretty easy to watch and catch up. Um, so, I mean, everyone who's been involved with the, the comic uh, for a while now, I'm, I'm wager to say I'm almost certain has seen all the episodes um, and some more, more than once. And I know a lot of the people, uh, creators have kids too, and their kids love the show. So uh, they see, they see, episode probably more than they might like because of that so. <laughs> well i know i've watched them all multiple times it helps that they're on netflix yeah. a lot um although it looked i don't know if you noticed but it looked for a while like they it was going to be coming down um actually a couple weeks ago they had said on netflix that it was going to be coming off of netflix by february 17th and i guess netflix and hasbro struck a deal <laughs> so oh. it's staying Good. So I'm excited for that. Um, are there any characters or anything that you guys have developed in the comics that have become a part of the show that maybe the Hasbro team liked? Uh, not yet, no. Um, I know I know this is a couple characters that uh, haven't talked to people who've worked on the show. Um, you know, are in concepts that are, they're real, that they're big fans of. Um, so there's there's a couple things that I think have potential to be, but. Um, that's not even me hinting at anything. No, that I, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> I, really, I really don't. I don't know uh, if there's any plans in the next season to incorporate any sort of background ponies or anything like that. I would suspect that would be sort of a, as far as it goes is, is to have a, just a little wink and a nod um, to something in the comic if it were to happen. But I'm, I'm really speaking out of my rear end here. I don't. I don't. I can tell you. <laughs> do you um do you have any like background pony characters in the, or anything that you guys have developed that you really like um yeah i mean there's a bunch of of new characters that uh that we've developed that that i really like um i know that i know that uh luna's uh pet possum uh tiberius has a, has a strong following um uh you know i think there's, there's different characters like poniachi from the pony the pinky micro series um Geez, there's there's a bunch. I mean, I think we've we've introduced a lot of uh, minor characters uh, that have that that different people have have enjoyed. Um, it's one of those things you you ask a question and your mind always goes blank, like goes blank, like what what do you what are those characters? Yeah. Uh, but uh, 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 there's there's a I think his name is uh, Kibitz, Kibitz's uh, 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 helper, um, mm-hmm. kind of helper guy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of I'm a fan of of uh, of, of a lot of different uh, background characters. It's, it's it's fun to it's fun to create new characters and and have those be you know your your little individual contributions. Um, I, uh, I I I've 
I think it comes out in two weeks or so, the next Friends Forever issue uh, I wrote. And I had fun creating some of the, that's with Applejack and Mayor Mayor. Uh, so I had some fun creating uh, some of the oddballs that worked at City Hall with Mayor Mayor. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's always fun to, to give your own little bit to the pony world. Yeah, I, um, I've i created my own pony over on DeviantArt, and um, so I can totally understand, you know, to actually be able to draw them. I can't draw them myself, but there's a little thing you can do, and you can create your own, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I have to ask about, just because it's out there, um, my little pony... It appeals to boys and girls, um, and I know it was originally geared towards girls, and I try to fight that stigma pretty hard, um, especially being a girl in the sci-fi world. Um, you know, so, and it, you know, and the other thing about ponies is that it appeals to little kids and then, you know, older people like myself. Um, why do you think that My Little Pony has that appeal to everybody? I think it's a couple of different things. I think it helps that there's a central main six cast, uh, and those characters are all so defined and unique. So I think it's sort of like, like Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters. There's always a character that you can identify with, even if you can't identify with all of them. Um, so I think, I think everyone can say, you can ask anyone who's vaguely familiar with the show, who's your favorite pony, and, and they can give you an answer. Uh, someone they identify with. Uh, so I think that's important, being able to identify with them. Uh, and then it's, it's, it, there's a couple other factors, is that it's, uh, it's, it's a really rich world. There's so many great supporting characters, and it's an open world where it's full of magic and full of weird creatures and, and impossible danger, and there's lots of different nooks and crannies of Equestria that you can explore. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of story potential uh, uh, to that, and also, um, I think it's just a refreshing show. It's 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 bright, it's happy, it's colorful, but it's still smart. It's not stupid. Um, so I think that's refreshing to a lot of people who are kind of tired of of grim and gritty superheroes and you know really over the top uh, macabre uh, media. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you have, when you have strong characters with an open world with lots of potential and and sort of a, a fresh different tone, all those things I think combine to create a really inviting world and, uh, and engaging stories. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think those are the primary factors from, for myself, at least when I think about what I enjoy about the show. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with the, I guess, G2 ponies cause I was really young when G1, um, was around. So, but I really remember my little pony, but you know, as a kid, I, I really remember the Care Bears and it's funny because the Care Bears have gotten a revamp too, um, recently, but they're not doing nearly as well as My Little Pony is. And, um, you know, I feel like My Little Pony, the show, and My Little Pony, the comics specifically, are doing a great job in kind of capturing that feel of the old 80s cartoon, you know, with a new kind of anime twist to it. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you don't see on Nickelodeon with SpongeBob and um, other things that I'm just kind of like, nah. So, I feel like cartoons have gone downhill for kids these days, and <laughs> ponies are, you know, it's actually a good show. I, I feel like that's the eternal question. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not watching as much stuff as, as I used to, but um, I feel like there's a lot of good, uh, I feel like there's some good stuff out there, but that's, that's, this is a longer, different conversation, perhaps, but I think, <laughs> oh, I think yeah. the generation is always fond of their stuff. 
the most, and you know, the next generation is a bunch of crap. So <laughs> that'll probably always be the way it is. It'll probably always be the case, but I don't think anything's ever going to be as good as '80s cartoons. There's something about '80s cartoons. I don't know what. It- well, what it is. around, so I can't argue with you in that point. Um, all right, so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions related to who your favorite ponies are, um, and these might be my, these might end up being the same, but I know they're different for me. So, who's your favorite pony? Uh, the one that I've spent the most time with uh, creatively, and the one, and that the reason for that is because I identify with them the most is probably Applejack. Um, you know, uh, I, I added the Ninja Turtles line, too, and people ask me who my favorite turtle is, and I, I'm kind of surprised myself to say Leonardo. So I guess there's something about the stalwart leader who has to, you know, um, not that Applejack's the leader, but, uh, but just kind of the hardworking by the book pony. Um, you know, I, I always think that, that it, for a lot of people, those are the most boring characters, but to me, that's sort of always interesting to me to see how a character handles responsibility and, and trying to do the right thing and um, I think there's also a lot of opportunity for deadpan humor that way too, which which uh, appeals to me. Yeah, uh, I'd say Applejack, but the character that I kind of enjoy the most in the comics and the in the sh- in the show that makes me laugh the most often is actually Fluttershy. Um, which just as the, as the series, the comic series, and the show has gone on, I just I get a kick out of her. I think she's pretty funny and hilarious. So um, that's something that surprised me because I would never. Just if you said to describe the basic characteristics of the ponies, I would never say Fluttershy would be my favorite, um, but she's, she's pretty funny. Well, you, you actually kind of answered both my questions. Is like, who's your favorite, but which one are you the most like? Like, which one do you identify with the most? Um, so I'm actually right on there with you. Actually, my favorite pony is also the one that I identify with the most, which is Applejack. Um, she... You know, well, I'm from Texas originally, and I've always fought that whole stigma of, you know, the cowboy thing. But for some reason, I just, when I started watching the show, I was like, that's me. (laughs) That is completely me. Um, And for all the same reasons that you said, you know, the responsibility and kind of like the silent leader, you know, because I know Twilight's supposed to be the leader. But, you know, Applejack does a great job of being a leader. Um, Tomboy kind of thing, you know, where you've got the tomboy in, in Rainbow Dash too, but um, Applejack has it. Um, and then I'm just, she's my favorite just in general, but I, again, also Fluttershy is same kind of thing, because she just does some things that are just really funny to me. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't have like a favorite comic issue, but my favorite part with Fluttershy is when she sings um, when she's Flutter Guy, <laughs> and she's singing in a very deep, dark, like deep voice. Yeah. Um, I just think it's really funny. And then when she yells, and she yells very quietly, um, that's probably the best. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I guess just kind of my last question for you: Are you guys excited for season five and getting to see it finally, sometime yeah. in the spring? <laughs> Definitely, I've uh, I've 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 read a couple scripts and I've uh, seen the sort of uh, beat sheet for the season uh, that kind of gives the the single line descriptions of all the episodes. Um, and yeah, it, it's super exciting. And you know what's also really weird uh, is that one of my best friends, he was a groomsman at my wedding, uh, college roommate, um, guy named Neil Dusadow. Uh, he's been working in animation for a long time uh, as a writer, and he actually just 
he's going to be writing uh, one or two episodes this season. So that's going to be totally, you know, if you asked us three years ago, would we ever be working on My Little Pony, the both of us, both of us would shake our heads and be like, what are you talking about? But, um, so yeah, I'm excited to see his episode, um, episodes, I think. I think he's doing two, actually. Um, but yeah, so I, the, the answer to your question is yes. There's, I, I, from what I've seen, it looks like a really fun season with a lot of, cool stuff and i wish i could say more about it but i've been sworn to secrecy <laughs> oh i completely understand how that goes um and maybe you'll know this maybe you can at least tell me this we've seen that transformers the new transformers robots in disguise is actually going to be on cartoon network but is my little pony going to be airing on the new rebranded discovery family um i have no clue um you know, I usually watch, uh, I, I get sent uh, episodes from Hasbro, so I actually never have watched <laughs> an actual uh, channel. Um, so I have, I have no idea. I haven't kept on up on that, although I, I probably should know. Yeah, sorry, I don't know. Well, if you find out, let me know, because I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to watch it. Um, <laughs> just because I knew that the, you know, the channel was changing some and stuff like that. But, um, well... Really, Bobby, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate everything. Um, and hopefully we can get more people into reading the My Little Pony comics. Um, what comics do we have coming out soon? Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got My Friends Forever issue, which I think is Friends Forever number 14. Uh, we've got My Little Pony 28 coming out, which uh, finishes uh, a story set in Everfree Forest. Uh, but the big thing we're excited about is, uh, in April is, uh, something called Fiend Ship is Magic, uh, which is five issues. It's a weekly series. Um, there are five Wednesdays in April. Uh, so every week, uh, there's going to be a new villain origin story. Um, so we're going to get into the origins of Sombra, Tyrek, uh, the Sirens from, um, Equestria Girls, uh, Rainbow Rocks, uh, and Nightmare Moon and Chris Alice. So... Um, each done by a different creative team. Um, so that's been really fun because we've been able to go a little darker with those stories. And, uh, I think everyone's interested to see, see what those origin stories are. Um, so we're, 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 uh, I approved the first one to print today. Uh, and the rest are, are pretty much all done. So it's going to be pretty cool. Oh, that's very exciting. Very exciting. Um, where can people follow, you know, IDW, um, you, the Pony Comics, and stuff online? Uh, you can go to idwpublishing.com. Uh, you can uh, uh, friend, become friends with us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure we're on Instagram and, and a bunch of other things that I don't follow. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, we've got a pretty good social media presence. Uh, so, you know, wherever you're on, we're probably there, too. So just search us all right awesome thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it great thank you Teresa. for listening to another exciting episode of Fangirl Chat. If you want to find us on the interwebs, all you have to do is go to Twitter and Instagram and you can find me, Teresa, at Ice Cold Penguin on both. If you want to find Trisha, she's at Fangirl Cantina on both as well. So we hope to hear from you guys. Send us an email to fangirlsgoingrogue at gmail.com if you want to talk to us about our Fangirl Chat shows and we will be more than glad to read your emails on the air. If you want to see us on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash fangirlsgoingrogue, and you can find not only that, 
fangirl chat stuff, but all of our Star Wars fangirl stuff as well. For Trisha, fangirlblog.com, and for me, fangirlnextdoor.com. Go and visit our sites and join in on the conversation. So thanks, guys, again for listening, and geek on!